This is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your host that will beat you in a pogo stick jump off. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 43 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we are going to talk about how to start designing a landscape. Now, in the past couple episodes, we've been talking about this design process and how it's kind of overwhelming, right? It's it's kind of ridiculous how um, daunting this task is, right? You got to think about your whole yard and how everything ties together and whether or not, you know, planting this tree by the mailbox is going to be better than planting a different tree over here or whatever, right? So what I'm doing with each of these episodes is I'm kind of breaking down the process and helping you step by step to go through the design process so you can start with uh, figuring out what you like and then getting more tangible with what you want for your space uh, and what spaces need attention and then getting on to putting the shovel into the ground and getting started, right? So I want to take you step by step through that process. So today we're going to talk specifically about the putting the pencil to paper piece of designing a landscape. And before we jump in, I want to talk about today's favorite plant, which is moss phlox. So moss phlox has the Latin name phlox subulata. Moss phlox is a ground cover perennial and it's a semi evergreen plant. And that's one thing I really love about this plant. It has a three to six inch height and a one to two foot spread. Just one little plant can do that. And it has, um, it grows in USDA zones three to nine. And it has, um, depending upon the variety you get, there's tons of cultivars of, of this uh, plant as well. So check out all the different cultivars. Um, and it has very different colors of bloom. So you get white, you get purple, you get pink. Um, some kind of uh, almost like a periwinkle blue color as well. Um, they're really pretty. And, um, uh, they bloom in March to May usually. Sometimes you get an extended bloom period later in the season, depending upon your cultivated variety. And um, it, it prefers medium to dry moisture. It doesn't actually like a whole lot of moisture. We had some of this in our front yard, and it got too wet over the summer, which is kind of rare, actually. And um, and a lot of it actually got like this... Um, uh, it just it just didn't thrive. It actually like kind of, kind of gnarly and nasty looking. So um, you got to make sure it doesn't get too wet wherever you have it. Um, so it prefers like a medium to dry moisture. Uh, it does do well in full sun. And so with this combo, it grows well in, in sandy, rocky, and even clay soil. So um, it's pretty awesome stuff there. It tolerates deer and drought and erosion. So cool plant, great ground cover to kind of fit in between rocks and crevices, as well as kind of fill some space in your garden, depending upon the type of soil you have, of course. And, and you got to make sure with all these plants I'm talking about, you match these conditions as closely as possible. Because if you don't get the right conditions, uh, the plant's not going to be a low-maintenance plant. So uh, that goes for pretty much every plant you plant in your garden, in your lawn as well. So make sure you get the right plant for the right space. And uh, really with uh, these little featured plants, I want to just highlight, you know, certain plants specifically for our region, of course, because that's where I live. Um, 
that uh, that do well without a lot of work. And uh, that's really important for all of us is to have beauty in our landscape and to not have to sit there and, you know, trim it and prune it and whatever, uh, water it, fertilize it. Um, instead, I want you to spend your time on more valuable things like spending time with your family. So check out moss flocks. If you have those, any of those conditions in your landscape, it sounds like a beautiful plant for you. And um, I love it. It's a really pretty little plant. So check it out. Okay, so let's jump in today. Today we are talking about what you need to do to begin a new DIY landscape design for your yard. And so this could apply to your whole property, what we're talking about today, or it could talk. we could talk more specifically about a specific piece of your property. Either way, it's pretty much the same design process. Of course, when you're talking about your whole property, the scope goes a little bit greater. You have to take more things into consideration. Uh, and there are certain advantages to doing the whole landscape, at least part of this process. And that is to get a, a more comprehensive perspective with your whole landscape, which is really important actually for design. So the more uh, big picture you go, the more comprehensive you get. Um, and then, of course, when you get into specifics, then you start to drill down. So you might get a general design vision, uh, some design principles. So we talked in episode 41 about getting your vision straight. And so once you do that, um, it's kind of like an overall, like a, you know, like how a company has like a mission statement or whatever. It's kind of like that, right? So it has like, it basically like you get your overall purpose of your landscape and it maybe incorporates a little bit of the style you want as well. And then, so when you get that vision for your whole landscape, then you can draw down more specifically to specific areas and, and figure out how that specific area needs to be designed. And then when you get basically piece by piece through your whole landscape, um, the whole thing kind of ties together really well if it's all applying to the similar vision. So that's kind of an example of where we can be big picture. We can also drill down to the more specific space, which we kind of have to do anyway, eventually when we're talking about actually getting the work done. Okay, so today is going to be kind of like a checklist of just kind of go through this process for the design work. Um, and again, you may need to do it for the big picture piece and then follow it up with the more specific uh, project at hand. Okay, so when we get started, let's start with a list of needs, wants, and desires. So when it comes to needs, uh, these are things like functions, specific functions. So like... Uh, um, like a, a table out back, right? Or a space for the grill or a space for a shed or, you know, let's even get more and um, less specific than that. Like space for tool storage um, would be an example and the shed would be the solution, right? Um, uh, likewise, a thing like a need would be like access points. So a space to bring your car into your property, a space to walk to your front door, now, some of these, of course, might already be in place, but it's still important to understand what those needs are and to make sure they're served appropriately. Now, wants and desires are a little bit different. So this is things that incorporate style, um, some non-necessary functions. Like, so instead of just a uh, space for your grill, it might be like an outdoor kitchen, right? So a, a very big, comfortable, entertaining space for your grill right? Um, also enhanced access features. So we just busted up our front sidewalk and poured a new sidewalk in place of it uh, that was enhanced access. So it's not only is it wider, it's more inviting. It's a big, bigger sweeping walkway. It also allows an easier 
to open the car doors and to step on the sidewalk instead of stepping into the grass. Um, and, and it also is a more uh, decorative uh, sidewalk the way we, we made it. So that's an example of enhanced access. It was not necessary to do all that, but it enhanced the, the overall feel and the experience of that, that piece of our landscape. Okay, so now that we understand what our, our wants, needs, and desires are, we also want to make sure for this process we include the whole family. So this is I'm talking about our spouse. Yes, they're part of your family, um, uh, your kids, and likewise your your pets. Now, if you have a pet goldfish, maybe it doesn't apply to your pet goldfish. But when we're talking about our dogs, uh, you know, if they're outdoor, if they are engaged in the outdoors at all, um, you want to consider how your pets interact with this space as well, and whether your your landscape is appropriately serving your pets' needs. Okay. So after we consider that, now let's start with creating a base map. So this is where we're really starting to get down to the um, practical and the uh, the making progress on actually physically um, starting to conceptualize what we're doing. So the base map is the first step, which is basically a, a, a map of the existing conditions of your space. So when it comes to creating base map, let's start out by taking some photos of our landscape. So we kind of have a reference as we're, we're actually doing the process, and we don't have to abstractly think or use our memory for that, that process. So take some pictures. You know, they're pretty cheap these days to go out with your iPhone and take some pictures. And likewise, let's make sure we get an overhead picture. So go to Google Maps or Bing Maps or whatever your preferred map source is and get kind of like, you know, it's a little grainy, but get your satellite picture and your general property boundaries that come along with that. And uh, that really helps you with the process here. Now, when it comes to creating a base map, it's it's your basic layout of your property. So this is your, your property boundaries. If you have done a survey on your property, that's that's ideal. So um, especially if you're talking about redesigning your whole landscape. So your property boundaries, uh, existing structures, so your house, uh, storage shed, um, you know, mailbox, driveway, things like that. Your existing spaces, so existing garden beds, uh, existing plants, you know, big trees or whatever, uh, everything like that. You want to cover all the bases. Um, what direction, north, south, your property is pointing, um, access points to your property, so your driveway, walkway, a uh, back path or alley, um, things like that. And also where the utilities come into your property as well. So where does your gas line come in? Where does your electric come in? Um, that sort of thing. Okay, so this base map is actually really important just to understanding your property. And during the process, you might realize, um, oh, you know what? Um, this actually doesn't serve my needs very well. Uh, maybe you have a water spigot on one side of your house and you really wish you had it on the other side of the house. Well, that really can influence your design. Um, and also maybe you wanted a vegetable garden over in one spot, it, you know, and maybe where your water spigot is influences where your vegetable garden can go. So just an example there. Now that we have our base map, that's the very like, you know, structured right brain process. Now let's go to the more um, creative left brain process. And that is beginning to create design ideas. Now, when it comes to creating design ideas, I prefer to use the overhead view because I can really conceptualize what things look like when I put a design in. Now, I understand that a lot of people 
don't conceptualize that. If you're creating an overhead view, what does that really look like? And and so you may need to work with an overhead view of the space as well as kind of like get some side view ideas as well. And you can also do a more realistic version of this, which I'll talk about in just a minute. Now, when it comes to beginning to create design ideas, you want to start with different hardscape and garden design elements first. So here we're not talking about specific plants. That's much further along the process. Here we're talking instead about what's the general layout of the space. So do you want this to be an access space? Do you want this to be a garden space? Do you want this to be um, a hardscape element, like a patio or something, like a an enjoyment space, I guess? Do you want it to be a play space? So get your general spaces down, and then start to more formally figure out what they are, like how does the design look? So this play space, I want it to, to have a layout like this. This patio space, I want it to have this type of layout, um, and this shape, and this size. So get more and more specific as you go. Once you figure out the functions first, then start to integrate the style pieces. And again, we're not talking about specific plants here, but general shapes and layout of the spaces. Now, when it comes to this design process, I generally prefer the paper exercise or actually use like a a digital modeling software a lot of times, but I know that's pretty advanced for, you know, doing your own landscaping. So instead, a paper process works really well, um, but it also requires a bit of skill. And so for some people, what they prefer to do is actually just doing a realistic exercise. So this is where you can go outside and start kind of laying things out with just using stuff that you have. So using hoses or rope or things like that, that you can kind of lay out borders and kind of get some general ideas of what the space might look like with different shapes and sizes and designs. Now, if you do this realistic exercise, it can be really effective with helping you visualize the space and figuring out, okay, this this restricts my access too much if I put this garden bed here, so I actually need to move it even though it looks nice. Um, that's a great way to figure some of those things out and to reduce errors and mistakes in the long term. Now, when you do this process, make sure you take photos throughout the process so you can remember oh, wait, that design we did with the rope, you know, laying this way was a lot nicer, I think. But how did it actually look? And so taking photos of the process, again, you can take a thousand pictures with your phone. Uh, Hopefully your memory is not maxed out. But, you know, take a ton of pictures of the process. It's no harm in doing that. And it's easy to delete them if you don't need them in the future. But it helps you to remember it's immensely valuable if you forget exactly what you had. So take photos, do the realistic exercise if you don't like the paper exercise. Okay, now that we kind of have a general idea of our our overall design, let's now start to think about plant structure. And again, this is not, not about specific plants, but about the structure of the plants or the form or the texture. So for example, we're here talking about Big plants, small plants, pyramidal shape, columnar shape, a bush, a tree, um, uh, etc., etc., etc. So that gives you an example of, of the kind of generalisms we're talking about here. Now, 
a way you can do this if you're doing a paper exercise or, or an indoor exercise, you can just use shapes of construction paper. It works great. Or you can work on a whiteboard. So get a general design real quickly drawn up on the whiteboard and then just start scribbling, you know, different colors and markers and see what you like. Um, you can also use PowerPoint if you prefer using a computer. So very simple stuff that gets you a very general idea of the structure of your plants. Now, again, just to repeat, again, this is not specific plants, but shapes and forms. And and so starting from this general sense, it helps you kind of figure out what you want from an artistic and a visual standpoint before you start really thinking about specific stuff like plants and whether or not that plant fits your space. That's kind of like the last thing you do. Okay, so now that we've gotten the structure down, let's go next to like things like color in texture, in time of year. So these are things like what kind of blooms do you want at what time of year? Uh, what kind of foliage, color, or texture do you want? Uh, do you want evergreens? Do you want um, attractive dead material? So that doesn't sound very attractive, but but think about what grasses look like in the winter. Um, and and personally, I just love the look of, of a lot of dead plant herbaceous material in the wintertime when, when you don't have tons of color that's when texture really plays a big role. And and uh, dead plant material, if done properly, you can really get a lot of texture, a lot of beauty out of that plant material. So um, there's actually something to that. Now, after we think about all this stuff, um, we can get input and narrow in on a design concept. Again, we haven't talked about specific plants yet, Um so once you get your design concept, so that's your all of your shapes of your garden beds and your access points and your hardscape elements and uh, what t- typical of uh, structure and texture and color you want in your garden beds, narrow all that down and get a input and feedback on all of it from your close f- friends and your family. <laughs> you don't need to worry about your friends, actually. It's your space. Um, and your kids, your spouse, your pets, um, your goldfish, get all of that input first, and then you start to think about specific plants. So once you've got the the structure of your design, uh, the the structure and texture of your plants, um, and even before that, get the structure of your hardscape elements, your patio, your deck, your your playground area, your driveway, your walkway, all those things first. Then go on to your plants. So now you have an idea of, okay, you know, based on your design work you've already done, you know which way is north-south. So you know from that if it's a south, for example, our front of our house is south-facing. So if you have a south-facing garden bed, you know that if you're in the northern hemisphere like me, your south-facing garden bed is going to get a lot of sun. If you have something on the north face, it's going to get a lot less sun, for example. So it might be also more moist there. And hopefully at this point, too, you start to figure out what soils you have. Um, so sun, soil, moisture, all that stuff. Then you start selecting, okay, what plants fit all these conditions that I already have for this garden bed. And that's why you wait until the last piece. Because you know the structure you want, you know the colors you want in your garden bed, you know the soil type in that garden bed, you know the sun exposure, and then you can take all those elements and start to look for plants that meet that criteria. Okay, and now we fill in our plants, and then we formalize our design, and we're ready to go. 
So that's the process, guys. It's really that simple. You just got to take it step by step, work your way through it, and get through it. It can be a very fun and exciting process. It can be a fun thing to bond as a family, to get your family together to do some of this, to work with your spouse to do this. It can be a very fun experience. If you guys work on having patience and sharing each other's um, thoughts in a constructive manner, it can actually be a very fun experience. Um, (laughs) So... I know this can also be a daunting task. For me, it's a very fun thing because I really love design. But if that's not you, this can be a little bit daunting, a little bit scary, and that's okay. So if you need help, always just consider reaching out. So there's multiple ways you can do that. For one, just leave a comment in this show's show notes. So click on the show notes and uh, or you can go over to ely.how slash episode 43. Just leave a comment there. Start a discussion. And other people listening to the show can can help you with your um, with your questions as well as I, I check those comments very often too. So you go on over there, ask a question. Likewise, if you want a specific question uh, that you want to talk to me about, you can go on over to ely.how slash pod. That's ely.how slash pod, or there's a link in the show notes that says ask a question. Click on that. There's a button right at the top of the page to get in touch with me and ask me a question, and I'll be glad to help. Now, if you want to really go deep on your landscape, you want some help with this design work, and it's just something that's a little bit scary to you, that's totally fine. Well, you have an option to work one-on-one with me. So if you want to work one-on-one with me, uh, set up a consultation. All you do is go on over to the show notes and click get one-on-one help with Ben, or you can go to ely.how slash consulting and you check out all the options there. Make sure you check out the show notes, ely.how slash episode 43. There I have two great links that pertain today's to today's show. First is Uh, last week's episode, episode 42, which is what is your design style? It's really important to figure out your design style before you figure out your design. And likewise, um, I have a a link to episode five, which talks about design basics for your yard, which is really helpful for figuring out some of this design stuff. So if this is a little bit of a scary thing for you, uh, that's a great episode to kind of help you understand, okay, why is this design stuff important and what does it actually do for your space? All right, guys, with that, today is pretty much a wrap. So thanks for tuning in and make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.